Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Today is Best Served Podcast 333, and we're talking the soul of fine dining with Sohan of Little Mad out in New York City. Tell your best story, episode five. You know, we're always focused on story, 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 right? Stop selling food, start telling stories. We're really going to focus on the story, the thing behind the thing. That's the real thing. That's what I'm always trying to to understand. It's the human experience. And we're going to talk about fine dining, something that uh, obviously was a big part of my career over the last 25 years. Fine dining really helped put food and chefs on a pedestal. Uh, allowed us the sensory experiences of of learning something new about food, of being challenged, the creativity, the whimsy. It also, at moments, we tried too hard. Just because we could doesn't mean we should with some some things and some elements. Sometimes it became a little bit hollow and contrived. And now there's a little bit of a reckoning and fine dining is reimagining itself, especially through a pandemic where you even see some of the top-rated restaurants in the world having to reimagine the way that they communicate and interact in the food and even seeing places like Alinea think about what uh what a pot roast looks like for them or fine dining thinking about what a burger means to them and so we're imagining a lot and sohan uh is at the forefront of rethinking the way that we're approaching food beverage and hospitality especially in fine dining so i want to bring soul in to uh to speak with us about little mad soul good to see you what's up guys how's everything Everything is good on our end. I think the hospitality industry, you know, is an emotional roller coaster right now. And so I just want to talk with you for a little bit about kind of how you're seeing the future of this industry. I think we have understood the successes and failures of our past. And now we're at a moment to kind of like reimagine what comes next. And so, you know, I want to talk a little bit about just how this came about. Obviously, the pandemic kind of accelerated what's happening with Little Mad because you kind of were on a different potential trajectory kind of in the straight fine dining space, thinking that you were kind of going into a new position, right, with uh, Luke Cuckoo, if I'm correct. For and, sure. And then now saying, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna shift and go with hand hospitality into a new endeavor, and you're kind of the face of that. So give us a little bit of the background, kind of what got us to this point, and then we'll talk about uh, Little Mad some more. So for me, I was just previously at Lake Cuckoo. I was the executive sous chef over there. I was there probably about a year and a half going into two years. I loved it. Um, but I was, I've been in the industry for a very long time and I already felt good. You know, when you, when you, you know, when you're ready to move on and I already felt like I needed to move on from cooking french italian something that in the long run i just didn't feel comfortable so i felt right the time was right and i was already on my way to leaving lake cuckoo um and i found somebody who was going to invest we were moving forward and then you know uh shit started 
happening. Um, it hit the fan then, real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really, really quick. I mean, I was about to sign a deal and we were supposed to get a spot in the West Village. Then the pandemic happened. Everything was put on a hold and I had to sit tight. But um, while that was going on, uh, I met up with the CEO of Hand Hospitality. I got connected from the interior designer that was going to do my spot in West Village. And they were doing um, Out of Boy, Out of Mix, all the spots in Hand Hospitality. Um, and I got hooked up, connected with Kiro. And we clicked right away. I mean, he's Korean. I'm Korean. I'm Korean American, but... How we con connected very well is we both like to drink. <laughs> um, so I met up with him. He said, <clears throat> I told him straight up, regardless, whether you want to invest and be my partner or not, I'm going to open up a restaurant. I feel good about it. Whether there's a pandemic happening, whether there's people dying, there's a fucking fire outside, I don't care. I'm going to roll the dice. And I just felt the timing was right. Um, and I mean, he, we connected right away. So I did a tasting at the hand hospitality, uh, test kitchen made like 13 dishes, couple sides, and they were very much so interested. They liked it. Um, I brought my, uh, my executive sous chef. Now his name is Jonathan Colbert. He did the tasting with me. He helped out a lot. We crushed it. And then because the pandemic was still happening, um, they were like, we can't move forward very fast. So I sat tight and then this restaurant that Little Matt is at right now, we took over a previous hand hospitality restaurant called On. It's a induction hot, hot pot place. And I came to look at the spot. The spot has beautiful structure. It's ready to go. All, all we have to do is come into space and touch it up. Um, we broke down the wall, made it an open kitchen. We stained the ceiling. Um, we put, we took out the induction instead of getting rid of all these beautiful tables. We kept the table, sanded it down, made it new. Then we put copper pans in the center of the table to make it, you know, to give it like a French vibe because at the end of the day, it is all about the mother cuisine is the French cuisine. So all the technique that we have behind everything is French. So, we put the copper pan, copper little plates in the center of the table, made it look nice, and it's just beautiful. And we 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 you know hit the ground running, and we've been very very fortunate. We have amazing team. I mean, uh, I'm the general manager here. Her name is Jean. She, we she comes from fine dining and hotel background. And so I want to I want to jump in because I want to talk about the team a little more, but I want to take a moment right now to just connect with the audience a little bit because I can feel your energy right now. I, hearing everything that you're talking about, I both have goosebumps and massive amounts of anxiety having opened so many restaurants throughout my career and my own restaurants as well. Like we're so impatient. So the fact that you said, you know, you had to sit tight, like I know how hard that is. And anybody who's gone through that, it's those little things of like, you know, the touches that you're putting into your restaurant, they are such an extension of you and an extension of your team, which is why I want to take a moment before we talk about the team a little bit more. And it, it matters. Like those little nuances of the story really matter. And I think 
the ability that you have to connect those pieces of story to your team, to your guests, to your broader audience is something that's so important. And we miss sometimes, you know, I make fun of the light fixtures where it's like we spent $2,000 on light fixtures from the fucking Titanic, yet we don't have enough money to pay our people. We don't have enough money to invest in the things that truly matter. Yet you want to make sure that there are those touches that are so personal and unique to you. So I wanted to make sure that everyone who's been through it, you know what Sol and I are talking about. Anybody who hasn't or is thinking about it, this is the this is the butterflies that you're going to get the excitement where it's this you're kind of all over the place and laser focused at the same time. And I know I know that you feel that. So uh, anything to add to that, because I think it's important for everyone to understand for the team aspect for me. The number one thing is the team. You won't have shit. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing even fucking matters. If I don't have my executive sous chef, if I don't have my sous chef, if I don't have my GM, at the end of the day, I could have fucking coronavirus tomorrow and be off. And these guys are going to run the restaurant without me here or not. So it's very important that you invest in your team. Who gives a shit about paying them a lot of money? At the end of the day, what you get is what you're going to get. In, I mean, what you pay for is what you're going to get in return. Um, for me, you want them to feel like they're in it with you. Right. Oh, and let's talk about that for a moment, because, you know, and we've been in those kitchens where, where, you know, getting a plate thrown in your head was supposedly a badge of honor. Really, it's just toxic and stupid. And we're calling bullshit on it now. And there's something different happening. And there's a groundswell right now. And like, look, like they're not just lucky to be there. They are the foundation of any opportunity that you have for success. And we have treated people just like bodies and hands in this industry for too long. And now we're looking at the soul, the whole person. Talk about how you're you're navigating that with trying to open a new restaurant and the struggles of small margin. Like break it down, unpack it for us a little bit. For me, I am an old school chef. I started, I mean, I graduated CIA 2006. I was in a kitchen when I was 14 years old at my parents' restaurant. I know what it is. I've seen shit go down. I've seen plates being thrown. I I got food thrown at me multiple times. That shit, honestly, that helped me, and it didn't at the same time. It helped me become the chef that I am today that I don't give a fuck what happens. Um, Whether there's a fire, there's a fucking oil spill, whatever's going down, in the middle of a busy service, we are going to make sure that we give you the best food, best product, and all this shit. Besides that, I mean, not that I've seen it all. I will never. I, it's totally different. Now, you can't you can't treat your team like that because they're going to walk out on you. Not even just walking out on you. It's just all about respect. We're here to have fun at the end of the fucking day. If my team is not happy walking in these fucking doors and they're working 70 hours a week, then what's the point? You know, it's miserable. Um, We're in this hospitality industry. We are chefs. We do this because we fucking like it. And that's the most important thing. Like I, I want, I want my crew to come in happy. I want them to express themselves through food and hospitality. If they want to fucking make something, I'm the guy that says, you know what? You want to fucking make it? Buy it, make it, let's taste it together. Let's make it and put it on the fucking menu. And that's all real that like you could ask anyone. So very, very important. Rule number one, you have to be fucking happy. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. You have to be happy. And I can't, I, I can't, I can't like, that's the most important thing to me. Uh, 
I hear you, and I and I appreciate that. And even just the way that I've seen some of the messaging around Little Mad, uh, just kind of paying attention a little bit. Uh, you know, I saw the picture of of your the four of you, right? There was there was Gene. You mentioned Jonathan, and then and then somebody else. Remind me who? You know, who's the yeah. operation manager? Yes, and so just the fact that you know the four of you looking like you're 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 starting a a, a rock band with the with, <laughs> with the brick behind you and all that, like. It, it, it was clear, right? You, you are, you know, the face of it, obviously like in the byline, it's going to say Sohan yet. You're very quick to make sure that they get the credit. Why is that such an important part of the story? Not just that's what's happening internally and what you and I are talking about, but you're spending time and effort and media attention to make sure that your team gets that attention. And usually we're trying to just put that one person on a pedestal. Why is that important? Why are you doing that from that media perspective? That pedestal is bullshit. Hey, there you go. Again, without the team, I'm fucked. Straight up. <laughs> um, with that being said, they're so talented. These people are so mm. talented, so it's never one person. It might just be the fucking food that I'm making, but without service and knowledge of everything, front of the house, back of the house, combination, you need to build a whole entire fucking – it's like an ecosystem pretty much. That's it. Without Gene here, I'm fucked. How are we going to – I don't I don't I don't know how to really do Gene, you hear that? You hear that? He needs you desperately. (laughs) Without, you know, you you, every everyone has their own little niche and everyone has their own little, you know, pros and cons and what they're good at, what they're not good at. And I want to make them shine. You know, they they're so good at what they do. How could you put them in the background? They need to be up front with me up forward with me. They're on the pedestal with me and not just the fucking managers. I don't want that. I have my cooks for my tables. Like we finished sauces table side. We finished the bone marrow table side. Yep. I want these cooks to go out to the table. Hi, thanks for coming to little mad. This is our rice dish, roasted seasonal mushrooms. We're going to finish with the bone marrow. The fucking cooks enjoy that. The guests enjoy that. Let's have fun. Let's make a whole complete cycle. You know, like why, do I put everyone in the back and pretend like I'm the shit? Mm-hmm. Like, no, that it's doesn't. the number one thing that the chef-driven restaurant created the opportunity for. Before that, that we were just stuck in the back and guests were just nameless, faceless assholes that had weird requests and sent back food. The open kitchen created a relationship. It created a, a, an accountability to each other. And so I thought I think that's the number one thing that I really appreciate. And you're going even further. You're now taking them into the dining room, you know, with you, so to speak. So let's talk about that dynamic. And that's a good segue into talking about some of the ways that you're expressing the food because you are doing some unique things table side to create that relationship. Right. And you have the cook now has a relationship with that guest that that means something. It matters. Let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, I read in a magazine before when the chef comes to the table, the food is 30% better. True. I mean, you know, I mean, it's more knowledge. It's more knowledge basis. I feel like if, if a cook or a chef comes to the table, they explain where it's from. Why is it special? If there's a storytelling behind it, like if you, I have guests that just order one dish and then I explain why the, the dish is made this way. It, it tells a story and they understand why and they appreciate the ingredient that much more. They appreciate the dish that much more. So it's just so crazy how we have the food Bible and we have 
for a restaurant, we have the food Bible and the menu and everything. Like the first thing I make a dish and Gene's like, tell me the story. I'm like, what yes. the I'm not like, I have a story for all the food, but I also don't because sometimes I just want to bring in these specialty items from that region and that all area. Right. And I just want to serve it the way it is with a little bit of touch. Cause the more you fuck with it, yeah. the less it's really the actual product. So sometimes to me, it's like, there's a story and there's not something like, fine. There is a story. Sometimes like if, if there's no story, like you don't have to mess with the story. The story is already there. That's yeah. why yeah. we pay this kind of fucking prices for it. Right. Um, there better be a story there. It's costing us an arm and a leg no for doubt. sure. For sure. But um, yeah, I mean, with going back to the whole table side thing, I wanted to, like, you know, if you go to a French restaurant, they finish usually all the dishes with a little bit of flambe or a little bit of choux. I like that. I think it's fun. I think it's sexy. So that's why a lot of the dishes, no matter what, on the menu, we have two to three items that's always going to be table side finished. I think it's important. Oh, and you might rotate through those. So right now you're scraping bone marrow onto like a rice bowl. That's that's our signatures. And I, don't, I don't think I could make. That's not going anywhere. Uh, yeah, I'm not – no one's doing a rice bowl that's just – all the mushrooms are imported from Korea. We roast that beautifully. Then we put it on buttered rice, seasoned with a little bit of soy sauce and maple syrup. And then we scrape that fucking bone marrow that's just nastiness and delicious. I, I always say this is meat butter and this yeah. is ugly delicious because sometimes the bone marrow, if if you don't know what you're eating, it could be a little bit, you know – nasty looking or yeah, I mean, you're scraping and hollowing out a <laughs> exactly. bone of an animal like no doubt exactly. it's, it's that I, I really appreciate that dish now even more again this is the story matters now that i know that a cook is potentially coming out and scraping that bone marrow the depth and meaning that that dish has is so profound and that dish looks very simple and humble yet to the point that you're making every single touch is inspired every single touch is there with purpose and it doesn't need over primping and pruning because it checks all the fucking boxes in one simple dish including the relationship that it builds which is so so important right the food is just the proof that you are who you say you are and that dish screams to who you are and who your team is and so i, I really appreciate that and the little mad concept we want to make fucking food that's mad <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, go go a little mad, right? Isn't that the the cast? Uh, yeah, I mean, we have a couple menu items, but most a lot of the menu items. Let me talk uh, about a little bit about little mad. What means mad to us? Little mad came about when I was trying to make a name for the restaurant. It's on one ten Madison Avenue, so it's a little restaurant on Madison, but it evolved into something more creative, a little bit more fun. We wanted to make it fucking mad. We wanted to just do something a little bit outside the box that you're not just going to go down the street and have fucking uh, spaghetti with meatballs. I don't know. That's too simple. But, sure. <laughs> but like um, our beef tartare dish, classic take, Asian pear, shiitake with soy sauce, sesame oil. But we wanted to do a little technique. So we made a little smoked tofu puree, a little egg gel that's cooked we just put the egg yolk in a bag, sous vide for at 67 degrees Fahrenheit for 45 minutes, a little technique. And then we have the rice chip. We give you a little mallet to go a little mad at little mad. 
you break the mal you break the little uh, the seaweed chip table side and use that as a vessel. Um, that's like a little mad concept. Um, so is the rice. What else? We give you a fried maitake and a little. So we give you a fried maitake with a onion. It's a whole hollowed out onion. We hollow it out, caramelize the onion, and then we put it back in with a sour cream and onion dip. So it's everything has like an element of surprise is what I'm trying to say. And that's yeah. what we wanted to create. We want to make it like fun. Um, and we want to have fun. It's more fun for us to do food like this than just like <laughs> cook steak and here's the steak. You know, like, no, it's that's not fun anymore. We have to fucking think outside the box. We have to be creative. I, I like that you're thinking about the extension of the interaction that the guest is having with it. And you're also coupling that with the interaction that your team is having with that experience. Because you know when they crack that chip, you know it can be, especially in moments like this, very cathartic. You can see the people that are like, this is my first time out in six months. And they are, <laughs> they are hammering the shit out of that chip. And you for sure, for sure. That, like release. And you know that everybody is kind of emotionally there with them because they understand that part of the experience. And then, oh, by the way, the food is absolutely fire, which obviously is the cost of doing business. Yet all those little other personal touches are the actual little mad brand. That's kind of what you're trying to get across. For me, for me, it's so important that I see a smile in the guest's face. Hey. Um, they love that shit. The first thing we, we give every single guest a muse bouche. It's our take on scallion pancake that's in a, in a shape of a uh, fish waffle served with seaweed butter. So we have the aspects of French with serving bread and butter, but fuck that. That's not fun anymore. So right. growing up, I had pungopang. Pungopang is like the Jap Japanese taiyaki little fish waffles. Yep. But instead of just giving you just a waffle, we wanted to incorporate what I grew up eating, which is scallion pancakes. So we made it in that flavor, still served with butter. Every single fucking guest has a smile as soon because it's it's we give it to every guest for free. Um, so it starts with a smile that fucking yeah. makes my day. You know, it mm -hmm. makes the meal. That's the tone day. from the beginning of the meal too. Like exactly. You're gonna have something a little bit unique, a little bit familiar as well with kind of the aspects of like, yeah, waffle, scallion, butter. Those things all all really make sense. But then it's got the playfulness to it. It's got the creativity to it. And it's kind of like you're taking your craft and your ingredients really seriously and not taking yourself that seriously. And exactly. It's not pretense out. Because we've been in dining rooms where I'm there for two and a half hours. And like I feel like I can't even like let my shoulders relax because there's so much pressure <laughs> to have the perfect experience, even for the guests, let alone for the team themselves. So you're taking that pressure off instantly and making people feel comfortable. For sure, we're not fine dining whatsoever. We're upscale casual. I want people to fucking come here and kick it, literally hang out, bring your friends, get fucked up, eat good <laughs> food. The music, I make I make all the playlists. It's all hip hop. I grew up listening to hip hop. Yep. Why the fuck are you gonna play like classical jazz? <laughs> here, not here, maybe at a fine dining restaurant, but here, you know? just fucking come kick it. If you have to smoke a little weed, come back and maybe that's a little too far. But uh, I'm, I'm in Denver right now, so you know. Just have we fun. understand. Be you is what I'm trying to say. Have fun. Be you. And so much shit has happened. The world is not the same after this pandemic. Mm -hmm. Why are you gonna go wear a suit, go to a restaurant? Even though I love fine dining, at the same time, 
it's it's gotten to the point for me where I'm kind of trying to step away from that. That's why we created Little Mad, where you still get the mad service. You still get upscale food without the background of fine dining is what we're doing here at Little Mad. That's it. And you're reimagining, well, like I said, the soul of fine dining. You still have the soul of fine dining oh, without all of the pretense, without out all the all the rigor and all the exhaustion that comes out of that so often you're just saying let's get right to the things that we love about it and leave all of the rest of it aside and i want to end with what you just said be you be you for the guests be you for your community be you for your team for the cook everybody the more time we spend being our truest self and finding others that we can uh, surround ourselves with that believe what we believe have the same values I think the little mad approach is uh, is something we all need to pay attention to just a little bit more, uh, especially coming out, like you mentioned, this pandemic. It's time for something different. This feels different. So I appreciate that. Uh, so uh, any last any last words? This is really great talking with any you. Any last words? Thanks for the, you know, I want to I want to thank all the customers that have came to Little Mad, supported us from the beginning. It's been fucking solid. We've been crushing it, literally crushing it. I haven't seen a restaurant that's been open for a month doing 120 covers back to back days and just crushing it. And that all of that is for the customers to come here and enjoy experience, little mad, little mad food, little mad service. And I just want to thank everyone, you know, for all the support till now and moving forward, we're going to give you the best that we can. Thank yes. You. That gratitude is a superpower, my friend. I appreciate hearing that. Uh, I'm excited for you, for the team, and uh, thank you so much for being on. Let's get you back, uh, get you back out there to go uh, play with your play with your food, my friend. <laughs> thank right, you good. very much. All right, everybody. Little mad. I love that it's it's an approach. They're telling a story. It's not just a restaurant. It's not just food. Once again, stop selling food. Start telling stories. You're going to hear me say it again and again and again. We have to tell your best story. That's what truly, truly matters. We cannot just, just focus on the food, and that's hard for chefs to say. It's got to be about that story. It's got to be about that interaction and the relationship and little things like scraping bone marrow into a rice bowl is creating the opportunity for that relationship, and you see the energy that soul has and the energy that's coming out a little mad. That's what we need to focus on. That's what we need more of. That is it for this episode. Once again, Besser Podcast 333, The Soul of Fine Dining with Sohan of Little Mad out at, what do you say, uh, 110 Madison Street. Go check them out for sure. I'll tell your best story, episode number five. Appreciate you all. Hope all of you are being your best self because that's all that matters. That's all we have. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Best Served Podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.